ladies and gentlemen. It's 11 p.m. GMT, 6 p.m. EST. I only mean one thing. It's episode three. Stadia Monday night chat. I hope everyone is well. I hope you are all good as we take a trip down Stadia week, the week that the week that's been in the land of Stadia. So what you all been up to? What games you've been playing? In fact, what was the last game that you played before you came here? Or you're probably playing, or even if you're playing a game, watching this on your phone while you play a game. What is that last game? I'm going to type it in here. Here we go. But 30 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, that's what I was playing. Oh, let's just check everything's going tickety-boo here. Yeah, we're good. I'm, I can see myself. I can see myself on the screen. We're all good. We've got a lot to talk about today. Dig 2, Destiny 2. Yes, I was on Dig 2 before uh, Destiny 2 as well, uh, Jerome. I, I sort of get a bit frustrated with Dig 2. I sort of don't know where to go next. I've dug as much as I could dig. Ah, kind. That looks interesting. Again, I think I'd be frustrated though. I do like a sort of puzzly platformer. Is it fun? Is kind fun? That's the that's the key thing there. That's what we all want to know. I was, in fact, I played. I played this evening. I played uh, Sam's Story, Metro Exodus, the DLC. I was getting stuck on a place where it's full of these stupid ridiculous electric spiders and I couldn't oh yesterday it was driving me mad I, I just didn't have enough health or anything and then uh, today a couple of goes and I did it one of them days ah the grappling hook that is you need that to go back there's loads of other things you need and then you can go back to Rome and then do all these things you couldn't reach reach all the things you couldn't reach um, yeah yeah Anyway, let us let us call up, ladies and gentlemen. Let us call up what we're going to be looking at today, as I seamlessly uh, transitioned. But first of all, welcome if you're new here. Uh, I don't see any new people here, but if you are new here, welcome to the Monday Night Stadia Chat. I am your host, Clive Illenden, as I take a little trip with you on the bus down Stadia Street. Ding ding, tickets at the ready. Welcome, rocks. Welcome. Always a pleasure. Always very supportive. Um, anyway, we seem to transition into the agenda. This is what we're going to be looking at. And I shall, I won't just be talking about the news, I shall be commenting on it and giving my perspective. Resurrect, how are you? All good to see you all. My perspective on on the week, and I, I and some interesting perspectives as well. Hopefully, some insights maybe that I can offer from um, my particular background in media, uh, legal side of things, and also having worked in the legal side of things in the games industry as well. Uh, but we will come to that, and of course, there will be uh, a regulation rant. Uh, towards the end. Of course there will. 
But I think, without further ado, let's let's just crack on. I've got my sh my notes here. Uh, let's go through uh, some of these uh, news items. Uh, so we're, obviously, we've been talking about the new studio and studio head announcement. That's quite you know very big. GDC, the Google Stadia aspect of it's going digital. Launch of Division Two and everything's exciting about that. And uh, captures the update on the captures, 4K and Chrome browser. Launch of the Serious Sam, the collection release. Anybody got Serious Sam? Anybody tried that? Still in two minds on that. Plus two new games announced, Destiny 2 update, and there's some other uh, news that I want to sort of ponder upon as well. But let's start at the top here. Let's look at this. So as we, uh, as many of you know, because you know, so many podcasts have talked about this at length, and I shall be talking about it, but hopefully not at length, or hopefully giving you a fresh uh, perspective. Um, anyway, so the news is, of course, Google Stadia has opened a brand new studio and employed the former producer of The God of War. So they're not mucking about, are they? They got Jade Redman and then uh, Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed creator, creator, highly respected. Boom. We're taking gaming seriously. This is who we've hired to set up Stadia Studios. Oh, we're setting up another studio. Boom. Only the former producer God of War, one of the most awarded games of all time, most respected games. Um, PlayStation exclusive, exclusive, of course. What can you say about this? These people aren't here just for the money. These people, they can get a job anywhere if they were that desperate. Uh, when you're at that level of the career, it's the next challenge. Where's the next challenge for you? And both these people, both Jade and uh, Shannon stood still. Obviously, yeah, of course, they've gone there for the money. They've had, you know, money offered. But, but as I said, they're going there because they see this is the future. This is the potential. They see the potential. And often, I think it's, uh, it's sort of slightly, a nice, sort of reaffirming, as it were, life affirming, that when you see these people that are so negative and short term about Stadia, and then you think, wait a minute, who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to industry experts? I'm going to, you know, who have had years and years in the industry at the top of their game and they look at Stadia and go, yeah, this is where it's at. This is where I want to be. Those are the people I'm going to listen to. And I think the decisions of Jade to go to Google and Shannon stood still, producer of God of War, many others, to go to um, Stadia, the opportunity to set up a studio there in Playa Vista in LA, it was too much of an, a good offer for it. It's not just about the money, as I say. This is because they've seen the potential. The quote's all about it. I've seen. I've been a fan. Jade Redmond said. Raymond. Jade Redmond. Jay Raymond says. I've been a fan of Shannon's for a long time, and have admired her award-winning work leading Sony's Santa Monica studio. So leading Sony's Santa Monica studio. You you can't get much more of a heavyweight in terms of um, gaming development than someone like that. Um, she has an extensive background in product development, creative leadership, but most importantly, she's a visionary who, as a studio director, will lead and inspire the Player Vista teams. We're thrilled to welcome her to the Stadia family. The extended family are thrilled to welcome Shannon. Shannon, welcome, welcome, come on in. It's lovely. Um, it is a big thing. This is a big thing. As we, as if we didn't know that Google are in this for the long term. This is the thing. I was going to do a video like a sort of a quick Q&A for all, all the sort of 
negative anti-stadia views out there are kind of an instant response. And one of those is, oh, yeah, um, Google don't know anything about games. Yes, well, maybe they don't. So then they've hired some people who probably know more about games than the average, you know, PC gamer sitting in, sitting in his room or her room. You know, industry experts. 40 years of gaming, exactly. They're not stupid, these people. They've, they've come here because they've seen the, the, the future, the potential. Gaming will go through, I wouldn't say, uh, traditional gaming, and the traditional gaming business model is going to go through, if it's not already started, and there are hints of it going through an existential crisis. Some people have addressed it. Xbox, they know cloud gaming is a thing, but at the same time, they need to maintain their console business. But they also need to be positioned ready for when cloud gaming goes big. So they're, they're developing that. They know, they've seen the future. They're, they're not stupid. I worry about PlayStation. Um, you know, I'm sure they must have plans. They must see this is the future. And I see a similar thing in television. We see, you know, Netflix have come along and they've just shattered the standard business model, television business models. And major television companies are having to take a step back and going and, and completely reevaluate what they may have done for the last 50, 60 years. This is what's happening in television. Obviously, the gaming industry is not that, that old, but cloud gaming, and it's the same with music as well. It completely changed the business model. Cloud gaming is, is the same. And the potential, I think, We've not seen a gear change like this. I mean, you can upgrade consoles every sort of five years, whatever. But developing a game specifically that runs in the cloud, that utilizes all the power of the cloud, is a complete gear change in terms of next stage development. You're going to be able to do things that weren't anticipated or, or imagined in terms of gaming. In you know, This is four or five years down the line and beyond. But now's the time to start planting those seeds and Stadia, as we know, is doing it. That is my comments. That is my views. What do you think um, about this new studio? Hi. If anybody, if you watch a video or you see any commentators, and there's plenty going, Google don't know what they're doing. They don't know about games. Well, if you don't know about something, hire the people that do. And they've hired potentially three in terms of um Phil's name, but these two as well in the industry. So, you know, go figure. Right. So GDC, as you might know, there was going to be loads of announcements from Google Stadia at GDC, and that, that's been cancelled now. But um, the Games Developer Conference itself has been officially postponed, but a separate Google for Games Developer Summit featuring Stadia uh, that was set to coincide with GDC will now be a digital experience which is i think slightly you know it's not ironic but you know it's going to be held in the cloud which makes sense um so as i say you know google's always hosted its sort of own summit at gdc for the past several years and they've usually focused on android games and cloud services obviously they unveiled stadia in 2019 whilst they've They've said and they've come out they're not going to be making any major announcements. I think we'll see some minor technical 
upgrades and feature maybe some features rolled out so not nothing major but some some features they promised we're still due i looked at the four things they promised in quarter one i think we're still due the wireless don't know why i'm holding it wireless control on the on the laptop on the on the pc that's due in quarter one so that literally you've got two or three weeks so if google are good on their promises um, they've delivered some of these other things they've mentioned about the 4k in browser extending it to more mobile phones got the third one but it's the oh yeah rolling out some more fe uh, google assistant features i think which they have done i mean not a lot but they did enhance it slightly um and they've got the captures now and of course this is the one we're waiting for wireless play um right so that's you know, it'd be interesting to see what we get out of GDC, or at least the Stadia version, their summit. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And that's um, March the 16th. So next Monday, that starts next Monday. So expect we're going to get some news this week, no doubt, because given the current cycle of news we're getting from Stadia, we'll have some uh, games and, and announcements this week. And then we know... The conference starts on March the 16th, a keynote featuring various teams across the company. So exciting times. We'll get some updates, I'm sure. So the other big announcement this week, uh, Division 2, he says. So obviously that's been confirmed for release. And the beauty, of course, is cross-play and cross-save. Please, Destiny, can, Destiny Bungie, can we have cross-play? Cross-play on uh, Destiny 2, please. I did actually go into the crucible today and sat around for 15 minutes. I, you know, that is, it is a prop. That is an issue. It is frustrating if you play destiny two and you want to go into the crucible. Not that I'm very good, but I just fancied the masochistic punishment of being shot in the head. Um, that is, a, that is an issue. And I don't think stadium can do much about it. I think if Bungie see that maybe that Ubisoft are doing it with Division Two, then um, and Division and Division Two, so they're only doing it for the for the money um, because they want as many players as they can. So anyway, the Stadia edition of uh, Division Two. Welcome, Michael John. The Stadia edition of Division Two. I'm looking for. I feel like something fresh on that on that sort of shoot and loop. It's not really a shoot and loop, but that kind of destiny style thing in a more of a modern setting uh it will launch division two will launch the version of stadia will launch with all the previous dlc drops and support cross play with pc users uh provided players are willing to sync up their uplay and stadia accounts might as well sync up your uplay and stadia account now save you doing it in the future when uplay plus comes um one aspect not mentioned, of course, is the price. And I think people are speculating, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how much Stadia charges for this as it's a re-release of a title. And uh, already we've seen it can re readily purchase for less than $10 in its base form. I think Division uh, on Xbox, it was on pretty cheap. It might even be on Game Pass. So I don't anticipate it be that high. Other than the fact it's got the DLC in it, I think they want... They'll do DLC bundles, which will be more expensive, but I think they just want the player base, get you in, 
and then sell you the DLCs. That's that's the main thing. But uh, uh, let me know. Forty dollars, you reckon? I think forty dollars with the okay with the expansion. Yeah, with the DLC, I think maybe. But it would be good if they did a base game at like a twenty dollar price. Maybe I'd do it. You know, for twenty dollars. Why not? What do you think, guys? You know, guys and girls, let me know uh, in the comments there. Can't buy base version anymore, so it's going to have to be with the DLC. Okay. Well, it'd be interesting. Maybe, let's say, yeah. Okay, in that case, we'll see. The other thing is captures, which I've been going on about. Those who've been watching my uh, podcast know I've been going on about uh, captures, making them easy, easily available. They're now easy. Now we can download them on the browser. That's that's a good thing. But still, I don't understand um, why we can't do it in the app. That's honestly, click on a picture, share straight to Instagram, share straight to Twitter. That's what it's got to be. So it's great that we can download them, although it does download in stupid WebM format, which um, you then have to sort of change to a MP4 or whatever if you want to send it to instagram or anything like that quick way of doing it people you, so there's software you can get to do it easiest way to do it if you've got a youtube channel is that it you can upload those webm files to youtube upload them to youtube privately and then download them and it downloads as an mp4 it takes what five ten minutes if that um bit of a bit of a workaround but if you want to do stuff with it like i try to import the web WebM files into into my editing software wasn't having it, so I needed to convert it to MP4. Um, people's been saying base game might be April's program that will Doom 2016. Yeah, we've not heard anything about Doom 2016. I'm going to come to Doom Exodus because there was some breaking news um, earlier, and I'll come back to that. So the captures, what do you guys think about the captures? It's good to be able to sort of uh, share these things. I posted actually a picture on Instagram, on my Instagram channel, of um, a still I took, uh, like an absolutely amazing still I took from Metro Exodus. I think it's of the young boy or the young girl wearing a, just sitting on the desk wearing um, a gas mask. And the detail in it, it's like, um, it's like a piece of fine art. It's like a Dutch master. So, mate, it's beautiful pictures. Google Stadia have got to be allowing us a really instant two-click way of sharing these um, on social media sites. Um, get your pictures out there. If you have social media, just share, take those captures, share the pictures, because this is the, this is how we're going to promote Stadia. People go, where do you where do you get that from? You go, well, I downloaded Stadia. Oh, I thought that was crap. <laughs> no, it's like a piece of art. Metro Exodus. The pictures on that are amazing. Anyway, check out my um, Instagram account. I think it's Lord Kenzel. Check it out. But there was a picture on there. It's one of my most liked pictures. Don't know what it says about me, but this still I took of um, Metro Exodus. We just need some higher settings on Stadia. Higher settings? 4K? Explain, Resurrector. Anyway, 4K in Chrome browser. That's the next thing. Launched. People say, oh, I'm not sure if it's officially launched. Grace from Google did say, yes, it is. they have started rolling it out. So I think it is sort of officially being rolled out. Uh, because she posted the, oh, I see what I mean. 
ambient. Well, you see, those things, resurrector, ambient, occlusion, tessellation, they can all be added. That's the beauty of Stadia, can't they? Let's get the basics right, though, eh? Let's get the super basics. But anyway, Grace at Google posted what you need for 4K in Chrome browser. And she says, obviously, uh, best visual quality selected in your data saver settings with the Stadia mobile app. A monitor with 4K resolution. You don't say. A GPU capable of decoding VP9 in hardware. Very technical. I looked that up. You just, uh, graphics, a, a pretty decent graphics card. Even integrated graphics card that, uh, I guess a processor that's with an integrated graphics card that's pretty powerful should do it. But most graphic cards, even my laptop, my NVIDIA GeForce GTX 950M, which is a pretty low entry and it's a mobile version, it's a laptop version of a graphics card. That runs, I think, will run v VP9 in hardware. And an internet connection of 35 megabits per second, megabits per second or higher. So, I don't know. Not many people have a 4K monitor, though, although I'm tempted to get one. They're quite cheap-ish. That's relative when I say that. But I've seen one for about 200 quid. A nice one, like a Samsung or something like that. Um, I'm tempted. And then give my son my current uh, monitor in his room. He'd love that. But I've not, so I've not experienced it in the browser because I don't have a 4K but if you have, let me know. Anybody experienced the 4K in your browser, in the monitor, play on a 5K iMac. Get out of here. What? Sweet. Does it look nice? That's a good screen. Good screen. So games, we obviously Serious Sam, the collection release today. Anybody got that? Let me know if you're playing Serious Sam. I'm, I'm like... I don't know I really want to spend money on it. I think because I'm going to be spending potentially money on Division 2 and then straight away Doom Eternal. I have limited pockets. Limited pockets. So I think I might give the um, Serious Sam collection a miss. But let me know if you've got it if um, and what you think of it. Other games announced, uh, which I have played, actually, one of these. Uh, here we are. The Touring Test and uh, Relicta. Relicta. I have played the Touring Test on the Xbox. It was on the Xbox Games Pass. It's a couple of years old now. It's like two or three years old as a game. But um, it's a nice sort of get the old membranes working, the old cells. Get the old cells working. It's a proper puzzle game, um, but in first person. So it's a pl like a platform puzzle game, but in first person, which I think is a great idea. Um, basically, move that move that block over there, release that switch. But if I release that switch, I have to kind of move over there, but I can't walk on the floor. It's sort of a good puzzle game. Um, I even got my son at the time when we played it. He it was about nine, I think, at the time. Um, and he loved working out the puzzles. And all that kind of stuff. So it's a nice, it's a sort of a, the great thing at the moment, we've got such a diversity of games at the moment already, even though we've got a small library apparently, according to all the haters. Uh, but we have a reasonable diversity. You can sort of depend what mood you're in. Sometimes I'm, I feel like a bit of Steamworld Dig. 
Sometimes I feel like a bit of racing. Sometimes I just want to aimlessly shoot at aliens in Destiny 2, whatever. There's a, there's a reasonable variety of stuff out there that you can, you know, you can do and whatever takes your, takes your fancy. So that's the good thing. So, yeah, so um, Re Relicta, Relicta, I said it like that because they're a Spanish. I'm not sure. Is it 60 frames per second, Sam? I don't know. It, it moves fast. Um, they've upgraded some of the graphics, but it's still based on a, an old game. Um, yeah, so um, Relicta is a, from a Spanish developer. So I think that's interesting. It's good to get developers from all over the world. We've got Croatian developers. Tequila Works, I think they're in... Are they, are they Spanish as well or are they Greek? I can't remember. But Gil... So it's a good it's a good variety. It just brings a different perspective, a different gaming style. And that looks very similar to the Turing test in terms of the uh, combination of sort of opening, solving puzzles using a combination of magnets and gravity. I guess magnets to lift things up gravities to drop things down and then mixing them together um, that's the whole thing stadia has four studios so what i mean in terms of acquired studios plus their own studios i think they also acquire some independence as well it's a bit like um a microsoft studio model a mix of in-house studios and independence i think going forward i think there's still some big acquisitions to make on the on the development front so uh, let me know if you're looking forward to those games. Anybody looking forward to Turing Test? Anybody played the Turing Test? Um, Montreal, Playa Vista, Star Labs, and Typhoon. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll make some more purchases. I can see it. The other great thing, Destiny 2, if you're getting bored of Destiny 2, uh, Season of the Worthy. Planned to release 10th of March. That's tomorrow. Followed by the return of the Trials of Osiris on March the 13th. So, um, Star Labs R&D studio, I see. So they sort of, sort of develop concepts or tech or ideas. What, what, what's, what's their area? So Season of the Worthy tomorrow. So those of us, of course, that we have an annual season. If you don't, if you're a pro member with uh, Destiny 2, of course, we have an annual season pass. So basically we get, we get, all of the DLC releases for basically the year from when we signed up effectively, I think up till about September, um, October, something like that. So these are part of the DLC and we shall get them as pro members as long as you're a pro member. So all good stuff. And um, interesting, I just want to talk about Doom Eternal before I go on my rant. Um, just going to move that there so you can see my beautiful face. Uh, Doom Eternal. So there was an article published, obviously, uh, Doom Eternal coming uh, towards the end of this month. Very excited. The anticipation is that it will be in 4K, uh, 60 frames per second on Stadia. That's sort of what the developers promised last year. And I think it would be pretty bad on everybody's perspective, on Google's and the developers, if they don't deliver on that. And the other thing about Doom Eternal is it's one of the, it's almost like they've been developing for Stadia. Obviously they tested out, they used Doom to, as a sort of a, a proving ground that a fast first person shooter will work in cloud gaming. And they demonstrated that. 
So they've been working closely with the Stadia and the Stadia technology. So I think they, this, it will come out at 4K 60 frames per second. But they recently, or what was recently revealed, uh, and I wonder if I have it here. Let me just check my... No, I don't. Um, the specs that you need. And there is some suggestion that um, even the PlayStation Pro and the Xbox X may not be able to run it's at full 4K 60 frames per second. And in order to run it at 4K 60 frames per second on a PC, you're going to need at least uh, an Intel Core i7, a pretty decent card. So the level of graphics, yeah. Well, you mentioned that, right? And I think I think it will be 4K 60. I've been saying, I just, you never say never, you never know. But, but they, they did say... Anyway, so the word is that the Stadia, so this article that um, I was reading, I'll find a link and I'll put it down below for you. Stadia may be the platform of choice when it comes to be playing Doom Eternal because it delivers in 4K 60 frames per second. And I've always said, I've always said that I thought that Doom Eternal, which was meant to sort of launch back in December, was meant to be the killer app for Stadia. The one that goes, wow, look at this graphically. Not only does it look amazing, not only does it play amazing, it plays at 4K, full on 60 frames per second. It's been worked, developed almost with Stadia in mind. This is the big, you know, the big thing. Unfortunately for Stadia, it got pushed out to March. But the word is that and I think so, so. I think this is a big thing. And this is the thing you need to be shouting from the rooftops. If it delivers in 4K, 60 frames per second, as they said they will deliver it in, this is the sort of thing that we need to be pushing out there saying, this, don't underestimate state. This is the example of what cloud gaming is at now in its sort of first major iteration, which is, of course, Stadia. It's the first major iteration sort of publicly. Or, you know, I know there's... Xbox um, Project X Cloud and stuff, but Stadia is the first proper live available to the public, not a beta version of it, and this is what we're achieving already. So that's the. I think that's exciting. I think it's going to look amazing. Yeah, I, 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 we've said it before, Resurrector. I think you're right. I think the Doom delays hurt state did hurt Stadia. I think it it was meant to be a tentpole in their sort of launch. And uh, the flagship, a flagship game, not just Destiny, because obviously Destiny delivered in an upscaled um, 4K. You know, it's like it's 1080p, but upscaled for video. So it it wasn't quite. You know, they could you can't you couldn't straight away point your finger and go. People go, well, it's not 4K, 60 frames per second. You could go, yeah, Doom Eternal. Thank you, goodbye. I rest my case. But we didn't have that. But we're going to have it. Let's not worry about that now. We're going to have it, and it's going to be amazing. Right. Happy times. I hope you're all excited about it. Now, unfortunately, let me just look at my... It is rant time. So what am I talking about? Talking about this guy. This guy here. Rant, rant, rant. Are we ready for this? 
So, Yong Yi's posted a number of uh, videos. He has a massive following. You can see, I can't quite see him, but picture's too small. But um, several million uh, viewers, I guess. Is it viewers? Anyway, uh, subs. Uh, and he's always bashed Stadia, and obviously it's frustrated me, annoys me, it always does. And as I've said before, I get all uh, uh, ragey and I start. Uh, but this is, this took the biscuit. This literally, not lot literally, <laughs> didn't take my biscuit. Felt like he'd taken my biscuit. Um, this really, to me, took the piss and was, excuse my French, an example of really scraping the barrel in terms of finding ways of bashing Stadia. So I will sum up the video for you, but you can see from the clickbaity headline there, Stadia bombing so badly that Google is giving away pro subscriptions so what stadia is doing what google stadia is doing is anybody buys a new chromecast ultra they're going hey would you like three months subscription to stadia pro right it's called a marketing exercise it's called a promo exercise it would be a bit like mm, xbox going would you like three months of xbox ultimate game pass for only one pound Mm, which they did. Does that mean Xbox is failing? Does that mean Game Pass on Xbox is a failure because they're giving it away three months free for one, three months for one pound? Oh my God, Xbox over. That is the equivalent because that's what Xbox are doing deals. Six months free Spotify. Are they desperate? No, it's called marketing and promotion. Anyway, so he takes the fact that they're doing a bog standard marketing promotion and then equating it to the fact that stadia is bombing so badly google is giving away now normally i walk away from this i walk away or i write a long essay in their comments then chicken out delete it and don't bother putting in but this time i called him out and i put in the comments basically i said he's so wrong and he's consistently wrong on stadia i don't know what his problem is I don't know what his problem is, other than the fact that he's, uh, you know, it's almost as, as if Stadia came up to him in the street and punched him in the face. That's, that's, that, is, that is the irrational response. The only conclusion you could have to why he's so vehement, and it's not just him, and I'm, 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 I'm just using this as an example because I think it's a prime example of that really bottom of the barrel scraping approach to bash stadia anything there's so so much good stuff that's come out I've, i saw another article actually by uh chromebook unpacked or something anyway and he wrote a very balanced view saying hey there's you know they're doing this promotion and it's you know you get a Chromecast and it's quite, you know, it's quite a good deal. And, and, you know, I had some few complaints about it, but it was very balanced. And I thought that's what that, that is how you report this. Anyway, so I appreciate, you know, that many of these commentators are PC gamers. And I began to realize that Stadia is specifically, it's not aimed at hardcore PC gamers. So they just don't get it they don't get it literally on someone on subreddit so i posted it on subreddit which is another thing i'll come to i posted this on subreddit 
and literally someone on the subreddit posted a response to one of my comments saying, what the fudge is Stadia for? That, he literally said, what, what is it for? Now, he was a PC gamer, and he, then he went on to, I said to him, is that, is that what, all you've got? Explain yourself. What do you mean? And he went on saying he's a PC gamer. Why don't they make it appealing for PC gamers? Surely that's the market they want, but they haven't. So PC gamers hate it, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, yeah. Well, you know what? It's not, I don't think it's aimed at PC gamers. If Xbox wasn't the leader, there wouldn't be a Game Pass. Exactly. Exactly. But they, you know, Xbox are always doing promos. It's standard that everybody does promos. Um, so you can't just equate it. But anyway, so my point is, is it made me realize that some people just don't get Stadia. They just don't get it within their world. And maybe obviously some hardcore PC gamers who have all their games they want. They've got it on Steam. They've got like, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollar rig, whatever. I can build a PC that will deliver you 4K, 60 frames per second for $700. So it doesn't have to be a thousand dollars. Whatever, whatever, I don't know. But the point is, within that world, they do not see a reason for Stadia. Which makes me realise it's not for them. It's, you know, it's for people maybe who used to game, want to get into game, can't necessarily justify buying you know, 400, 500 quid top of the range console or d dealing with a hassle of building a PC. I haven't got a problem with building a PC. Well, I've got a problem with PC. I don't think I could, I don't have the confidence to do it, but I don't have a problem with having a, a decent ranked PC. So my point is that this, as I say, this video finally broke my resolve on that. Uh, I took the risk of commentating on it. I called him out. Because it's this level of video is indicative of the sort of BS stories that are twisted to fit a bad and false narrative stadia. And I know it's for clicks and shizzles, but while most of the evangelists and supporters of stadia, those of us that tried it, find it works really well. The problem is, you know, I've got, what, 1,000, just under 1,300 subscribers, loads of this stadia channels they've got hundreds uh, stadia uh, subscribers measure in the hundreds or the or maybe the thousands or whatever whereas these commentators have got subscribers in the hundreds of thousands if not millions and it's their voice that's being heard and that's what frustrates me where is the reasoned rational voice with a million subscribers i posted my thoughts on on, on subreddit as well. Let's have a quick look. And it surprised me. I, the amount of downvotes I got. I mean, I'm, I'm in the positive, but the amount of downvotes I get, and it made me realize that there's lots of trolls on there. Um, you know, there are people agreeing with him, and I know they're trolls, you know, on subreddit coming in there, but really, honestly, I haven't got a problem with people saying, oh, you know, like, I, I wish Stadia... I wish we could have streaming to YouTube now with Stadia. I wish that you, the captures we could just access from our phone, share on social media. I wish they were there now. Um, I wish they'd managed the narrative, the marketing narrative a bit better. I mean, looking back at the announcements that were made last year and followed up, I can see the pattern, how, it, how it's 
how it's sort of fit fit the rollout that we've got. And I understand there they kind of lost a bit of that narrative. But that that's what frustrates me anyway. And and the fact that you know subreddit ah. Oh, the trolls that are in there, sometimes it's just like, get the fudge out of the subreddit if you hate Stadia so much. Get out of here, as Dr. Disrespect. Get out. Clear off. Get off my lawn. That's what I feel like. Anyway, do me a favour. What I ask is if you see these videos, call them out. I mean, don't be rude, but call them out factually. Ask them, have you tried it? Or that is not correct. You are wrong. Yeah, if they are. Yeah, exactly. Audio files. I don't have a problem with game collectors. So some people, I've got um, a few people on my uh, Instagram I follow, and they collect old games. And when I say they collect old games, you know, PlayStation 1 games, PlayStation 2, Sega, and they, and they can't get them out, and they've got them all on their shelf. And I haven't got a problem with that. That's a sort of a retro, you know, collection. It's like collecting vinyl, and kind of a retro thing. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that personally. I used to have a massive CD collection. In fact, I used to have a massive VHS and DVD collection. I studied film at university. So um, I had loads and loads of DVDs. Got rid of them all. What's the point? I can get access to the, all of them almost if I'm going to watch them over on online now. Same with the music. A massive music collection like many people. It's all in the cloud. Don't have any CDs. So, yeah, it's like that. It's like, really? It's the future. There's a place for PC gaming. Of course there is. I'm not anti-PC game. Of course you can be. But, but accept and say, you know what, actually, this is, how, this is how I imagine the conversation should go in my, in my world. Hello there. Have you tried Stadia? Why, hello there, Clive. Yes, I have tried Stadia, and I'm afraid it didn't work for me. It's not really my cup of tea. Oh, really? Oh, that's okay. At least you tried it and gave it a go. Yeah, I thought I'd give it a go. Not everything works, but there you go. Enjoy. Oh, thank you very much. Enjoy. That's how, in my world, that's how conversations should go about Stadia. Try it. Maybe you don't, you know, like I've told before the story before about um, Netflix. Tried it years ago. Terrible. Then I wanted to catch up on, I think it was Breaking Bad or something, when they, they, they got that. And uh, tried it again, completely transformed. Plus my broadband was much better. Different experience. And now, everybody talks about oh, Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Everybody talks about Netflix has become jargon, you know, Netflix and chill. But that's how, that's how big these things are, these disruptions, you know, in the marketplace are. Names that you'd never heard of suddenly become the norm. Whatever I'm to Sega and their consoles. Anyway. Check my uh, thoughts out on Reddit, subreddit, and give it a thing up because I feel a bit bad that it went up and then it's going down again. Can't believe it. Trolls. I think I've attracted loads of trolls because one person like was saying, "Yeah, we've come here to destroy you all." Ha <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's normal behaviour. Yeah, it's all subject exactly, but things evolve. Right, GeForce Now. This is the other news I want to talk about, and that hopefully brings some nuance and uh, 
on this. Some legal nuances. In fact, this brings me to this. Right. So, why have I got Walt Disney's, a picture of Walt Disney's Lady in the Tramp there? Well, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think uh, G-Force now's totally gone, but it's a good one. I like that gone for now. Um, and I think, I think it has its place. But the reason I bring up Walt Disney's uh, Lady in the Tramp and Peggy Lee is as a sort of example. Okay? Bear with me here, folks. I've not gone off my rocker. This is relevant. Trust me. So... After the success of Snow White, Walt Disney brought out Lady and the Tramp and Peggy Lee sang uh, many of the songs and she voiced some of the characters and uh, helped write some of the songs as well. And in that contract, uh, what was excluded, so uh, in her contract, was uh, phonograms and uh, transcribing. And now transcribing just means copying. So that's about 1950 that came out. Fast forward to 1970. And Disney launched Lady and the Tramp uh, to the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, Disney launched Lady and the Tramp on VHS, on tape. And Peggy Lee's estate goes, Meh, I, didn't give you, I didn't give you rights to uh, copy it in other forms. And Disney, being Disney, have a whole litigation department in fact that's all they do if you're not litigating you're not you're not in business that's how disney approached things said no we have the rights to uh you know transcribe just means write write out it doesn't mean copy um and peggy lee took them to court because it wasn't at the time basically vhs at the time that she signed her contract and trans uh, it had about not transcribing i.e not copying making copies of it. In 1950, the idea of VHS was not anticipated. So she successfully claimed that they uh, breached her copyright, basically, and they owed a lot of money. And despite having an army of litigation uh, lawyers, uh, Walt Disney, they lost the case. So the reason I bring that up is basically is VHS technology was not anticipated at the time um, Peggy Lee signed her contract. And I've seen a similar thing in television. In fact, I was in a meeting only today and they were talking about a big broadcaster who's looking eventually to move to delivering everything over the internet. And some of the underlying contracts, some of the underlying rights in, in, in the programs that they want they don't they don't have that right because it was never anticipated at the time the person or the people who made the program made the program or the person contrib contributing to the program signed up to the program and they may have reserved some some of their rights and within that reservation of rights are some rights that haven't even been invented and this is what we're seeing with cloud gaming we are going through and geforce now we are going through a period of transition 
in the cloud gaming market and publishers and developers don't want to easily give up their rights uh, to what is potentially a massive new business model because the current business model of consoles or PC games is probably plateaued the next big thing the next four billion gamers as I think I forget who was Phil Harrison said um, is going to be some sort of through some sort of Clyde cloud Clyde gaming uh, cloud gaming and developers and publishers don't want to just go yeah yeah oh yeah interpret that gray right set of rights or that 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 sort of slightly gray terms and conditions as being able to sort of resell the program uh the, sorry, the program resell the game on on your service it's undefined or it's not quite defined properly and so they're using that opportunity developers and uh, publishers are using that opportunity just to sort of hold back wait a minute we want to see where this market's going because we don't want to be giving up a set of rights and then regret or set a precedent basically um that basically says oh yeah geforce now go ahead so i said cloud gaming is going to be massive and with that comes another source of revenue for potential for um publishers and developers and stadia is effectively a virtual console they've gone to the developers and said we we're another platform like playstation or xbox um you know you pay us a, a fee for being on our platform and obviously they can negotiate that fee down to get as you know as they initially get games on board or build out that library but once it becomes well established like um xbox or playstation then they want a, a cut of the revenue from that and that makes sense now the claim is of course that geforce now is a virtual pc and it is sort of a virtual pc but there's a gray area and the gray area is geforce don't market it as a virtual pc i don't know if you people have tried the shadow pc now shadow pc is a virtual pc I can rent a shadow PC and I can download onto my server, my shadow PC, any software I want. So I can download some editing software on there and do some editing. And I used to have shadow, I tried shadow PC and I used it for editing extensively. And it was amazing, much more powerful than my setup. And it was great for editing. Plus I had a gigabit internet connection so I could put stuff in the cloud and it was great. And it is effectively a virtual PC. Now, GeForce Now, sort of on one hand, they claim they're a virtual PC to their developers and publishers. Oh, we're just a virtual PC. It's like the person's just playing their own game, but on a distant PC. That's what they tell developers. What they tell gamers and how they market it is, hey, play Cyberpunk on GeForce Now. They're using the games to sell their service which costs £5 a month. And the publishers and developers are going, wait, wait a minute, why? are you a platform? Or, no, 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 we're just a virtual PC. Okay, yeah, but why is your advertising say all these games are available on your service? What are, what are you? Make up your mind. And I think that is the problem. GeForce Now is trying to be two things at once and it and it can't be and in the middle is that gray area so there is the issue of them basically uh cacheting some of the games so that yeah you 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 it's not your game 
they say to save time we've cached all the games in our servers and then you tap into them they don't have the rights to relicense to, to distribute those games that's one thing then people go oh, yeah what about the steam library though because it's just like somebody accessing it in the cyber cafe well it's it's not quite the same because geforce are marketing heavily that they are a game service all their advertising is not about oh think about having this amazing powerful computer it's all about hey think about playing all these amazing games on this service and pay us five pound for the privilege and if i'm a developer or publisher i'm going oh yeah, yeah that's fine i get that so you're a service and you're using my games to make money that's great can i have my um my share of it please and that's the issue and of course I hear you I hear what you say Clive that's what I'm hearing you say I hear what you say Clive but what about Tim Sweeney from epic it is backdoor tactics exactly I've written that down somewhere in fact you've reminded me I, oh, I had a gag you've got to take my gag away now where was it Yeah, anyway, you're right. It's backdoor. It's backdoor tactics. Basically, it's, it, it, it's what we call, what I call in the legal business, taking a piss. Sometimes people come to me and they'll go, oh, I had some recently asked me, can we do this thing? And I said, well, technically under the agreement, yeah, because we kind of, the wording's quite loose. So you can do that thing. But it's not the spirit of the agreement. So while legally you could do it, from a business point of view, do you want to do it and piss off your relationship? Because business is about relationships. Legal agreements are just there if it all goes wrong. Yeah. But sometimes you just want to say, yeah, you could possibly do that or you could interpret it that way. But it's not the way that that's not where we came from. It's not the spirit of the agreement we entered into. You're using maybe a badly worded clause or a vague clause and twisting it in a new way to, to suit a new situation. And that's taking a piss. And that, I think, is where publishing developers, they're not going to be giving away their rights or licensing rights at this stage and set a precedent that later on down the line, they can't then reel back on that and they're missing out on a potential massive revenue. Hey, news alert, publishers and developers want to make money. I see all these headlines. Publish developers are greedy, they're greedy. Um, they're in business. And when a new business model enters the arena, they want to make sure that they're not missing out on that. It's called capitalism. You might not agree with capitalism, but that's the world we live in, Daddy. What we're going to see is that slowly, cloud gaming is going to be, as I say, it's going to be a massive and it's going to be another source of revenue and that will slowly replace traditional revenue models for publishers and developers. And if they give away their rights or licenses too easily now, then their existing models, as their existing models will be eroded, you know they need that they need to sort of as the traditional model goes down they need that new model to fill the place of that welcome to our world
who's surprised at you know developers and publishers wanting to make money hey eh? right anyway we've seen a similar position in music and TV and film industry big disruptors enter the marketplace as I say what was Netflix ten years ago nothing yeah they the DVD by post great idea a friend of mine was the MD of Love Film not a porn company uh, Love Film was uh, I think they were eventually bought by Amazon but they were DVD by post great business great idea Netflix saw the future transitioned to it very quickly and now they're a world dominator they're one of the big companies in the world not just in in streaming yeah sold to Amazon exactly used to know the MD of it used to used to be my boss at Lego anyway anyway back back to Tim Sweeney of Epic so he tweeted Epic is wholeheartedly supporting Nvidia's GeForce Now service with Fortnite and with Epic store titles that choose to participate including exclusive and will improve the integration over time so let me just rephrase that there's some key words in there Epic and I will emphasize the key words okay for the purposes emphasis anyway here we go epic is wholeheartedly supporting nvidia's geforce now with fortnite and with epic game store titles that choose to participate including exclusives so of course fortnite is given away and it it is a cash cow for epic through the sales of loot boxes so any platform that will have it on their system and they don't have that platform doesn't uh, epic doesn't have to pay them any revenue share because nobody's buying the game of course epic whole whole wholeheartedly support GeForce now because GeForce now aren't asking for a cut of the games being sold on their service whereas Stadia does, Xbox does, PlayStation does. Oh, but Clive, Fortnite's on Xbox. They don't have a problem. Fortnite's on PlayStation. Don't have a problem. Ha-ha. Fortnite originally wasn't a free game. Fortnite was Save the World, and you paid for it. And when you paid for it, Xbox take their share. So you get your Xbox version of Fortnite, Save the World, Xbox got their share. PlayStation got their share. Then, on the back of the success of PUBG, Fortnite go, well, they're using their, our engine. We'll do our own Battle Royale and we'll give it away free. And I think that, basically, whereas they would have, you know, the console would have had a cut of the fee for every game of Fortnite Save the World that was sold. When Epic then brought out the free free to play edition to Save the World, a sort of free extension sort of, it sort of slipped into the back door. That's what she said. Uh, hey, keep it clean. That was the joke I was gonna do there, you see, resurrect, but you, you anticipated earlier. Back door. Please. It's family audience. But anyway. So Fortnite is a bit of a weird one because it originally started as a as a <laughs> as a paid game and then went free. And I think they're a bit more 
a Xbox and PlayStation a bit more savvy to that. So, of course, Tim Sweeney wants Fortnite to be on GeForce now because he doesn't have to pay them anything. In the same way, you know, the Android app, they would have had to pay some revenue. He doesn't want to pay any of his revenue from making that game to anybody else. And I get that from his point of view, but I think I think it's shady tactics on his part, personally. Um, so, of course, he supports GeForce now because they're not looking for a cut of the games to use on their platform, and it is a platform, and it is a service. So there you go. A little insight, if you will, into my thoughts on the whole cloud gaming um, and GeForce Now. Yeah, it is blocking Fortnite. Um, Google is blocking Fortnite because they don't, because every app, you're on a source of revenue and Google going, look, we've got a massive platform that distributes the game to millions and millions and millions of people around the world. Um, so we obviously want a share of that revenue. We know what your revenue model is and we want a share of it. Everybody else pays a share. We want a share of that. You know, why, why should you be any special? They've, they've really, you know, the success of Fortnite, again, interestingly enough, the success of Fortnite has changed the business model of gaming as well. We've seen it with, you know, Apex Legends just dropped free and make a killing on all the loot boxes. The new, is it, oh, what's the new, is it the call, new Call of Duty Battle Royale that's coming out, was announced today? Free. Free version. Candy Crush classic. So they, you know, Warzone, that's the one. So, it, you know, Epic have set the new business model. And, you know, platforms are going to have to uh, adjust to that as well. Oh. David Handley, welcome. Absolutely. Um, yeah it's funny how GeForce losing those then the, the bad guys in that scenario and all these the same people who sort of slag Stadia off on on mass the bad guys are the publishers and developers and GeForce is the poor little soul who's been robbed when as you may have missed David I was explaining how GeForce are in legal terms trying to take the piss in my, uh, in my understanding of licensing of contracts and and it's been a while and obviously I don't have the contracts here, but most of the contracts are based on pretty standard boilerplate contracts, uh, and having worked in the games industry, and television and media, I know what those contracts look like. And as I said, television goes through the same issue as we move from. Uh, I used to do contracts with television and it. And the rights that people gave were to be for this. I give you the rights to use my performance in a program that will be broadcast via UHF. So basically received by the aerial in the UK, if you live in the UK, through the aerial. That's what it was limited to because back in the, you know, before the 2000s, before the noughties, um, the only other way of doing it was satellite. 
So that was that was the new thing. There was never any any sense uh, any sense that somehow TV would be delivered via the internet. The internet wasn't even well; it was sort of going, but but not going. So again, it's another example that it wasn't anticipated. And so the rights originally, uh, the deals that were done didn't anticipate that business model. And this is what's happening here. And woe betide anybody who gives away their rights too easily or license things too easily and then miss out on potentially is going to be a disruptive new business model. Of course he blames Google. Um, but there you go. I mean, it, it's, as a developer, I'm with Tim. Yeah, I think I think ultimately it's not the end of GeForce. GeForce now just need to sort of make up their mind what it is they want to be. They can't be, they can't have their cake and eat it. Um, yeah, they choose not to, exactly. Yeah, that's how they make the money. You, because they're providing a massive platform. Why would why should why should they why should Fortnite as a free app on the phone be any different? Candy Crush, you buy all your upgrades, whatever it is, it's the same. Um, but I'm not sure they are as much of it. It's not quite a David and Goliath, to be honest. GeForce and Nvidia aren't that. You know, they're a major supplier of graphics cards. So in the industry, but they just need to make up their mind. What are they? A service platform a bit of both and they'll come to they'll come to an arrangement they'll come to an arrangement it's just i think they i think they try to wing it legally speaking on the basis that you know they did a trial on the beta and that seemed to work okay and then they pushed it for launch but you can see from a publisher developer's point of view they are marketing heavily the fact that all these games are available on their service and yet the publisher developers aren't getting anything anyway let me know i thought that's i just wanted to have a little bit of a rant a little bit of legal talk legal and business talk explain a few things put it out there 30 percent is a high royalty but it's the precedent they set in fairness and at the time it was you know you you've got to think yeah, if you're 30%, it might seem a lot, but if you're selling millions and millions and millions, if you're getting access to millions and millions of customers, it's all relative. That's the thing. Um, it is high. Publishers take uh, anywhere between 20-30% in gaming normally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think a renew it would be massive. And yeah, Apple, exactly. There we go. You see, as an example of a business model, Apple setting a precedent, early doors. You don't want to be, you, you know, they could have gone the other way and then they would have thought, wait a minute, we're missing out on billion, you know, billions of pounds of revenue. Now they're one of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it, it's true. In, in the short term, Fortnite would bring benefits to Stadia or any platform. In the long term, you don't want to be setting a precedent that means that when that balance reverses, i.e. you have to be on that platform, 
then somehow you've you've lost out. So I think you know, and there may be some black, bad blood spilt over the the whole um, app store with Google and uh, Epic. But you know, Fortnite again. I'm not sure State is that bothered about Fortnite. Um, it's I don't think it's quite the right uh, demographic. And there'll be other games. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Snowy Rocks. That's what I said. It's it's um, it's a slightly different uh, marketplace. Even my son gets bored of Fortnite. It goes back to it in fairness, but even he, you know, gets bored with it after a while. And he plays Destiny with his mates, ironically enough, and you know other things. He never got into Apex Legends. I never got that. I I love Apex Legends. I'd like to see that on. Um, I'd like to see a few more EA games, but I think EA are playing close to their chest as well. Actually, um, EA are the sort of company that could have you know got large enough library to start their own um, cloud gaming service. So then you'll get a sort of Netflix, Disney type scenario, which I'm not sure is that healthy, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm in two minds about Fortnite. Yeah, the Star Wars games, that'd be cool. I think we need to see a few more EA games. But they'll come because they were mentioned in the big in the big uh, presentation that they did last year. EA was one of the publishers. So, I think we will see some stuff. It will do, as director. We will get. We are Cyberpunk, Doom Eternal. These are the big the big launches so the big launch the big all the big games this year that are cross-platform are effectively coming to stadia big game launches will are multi-platform and stadia is one of those platforms although i do see a lot of advertising marketing that still misses out even though it's, i know it's coming to stadia miss out the stadia bit at the end Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I've ranted, I've raved, I've screamed and shouted, I've done my bit. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, you know, we discussed lots of things. I wanted uh, to be a bit more involved. Um, and just bring my perspective on the whole GeForce Now, cloud gaming future. Do you think, so here's some questions. Do you think Fortnite would still be a benefit if free-to-play games are behind the pro sub? Mm. If they're behind, if free-to-play behind the pro sub, no. I I I worry with the, the Stadia base. I think there needs to be there's two ways they could launch the Stadia base. One is you get like a month's free trial. A pro. And then you can try the pro game. So Destiny 2, right? That's a prime example. You get to play Destiny 2 for a month. On the basis, and, and then the other pro games as well that are available at that time. On the basis that you go, wow, this works for me. Um, and it's not, cost, it's not cost me effectively, not cost me anything. So I might invest my, you know, a monthly my monthly fee i think that's probably what they'll do you can't just release base and go right there you go buy a game 
I think you need to entice people to subscribe. I mean, the subscription model is the, the key thing here. Um, obviously, they want to build up as many players because, as you say, as we talked about, you know, for Stadia to be taken seriously, more seriously by publishers. I do think publishers take it seriously, but in the short term, then you want a good player base in order that their developers and publishers invest time and money porting games. Going forward, they want to be on here because they know this is the future. Just, you know, people in the industry know Stage is going to be a key player. They know it. They've seen it. So, whatever you might sort of see, you know, general backstreet uh, back drivers, backseat drivers um, and commentators on YouTube, they're not in their business. Part of business is running the day's business and also looking into the future. The three pillars of, what are they called? Pillars of wisdom. Um, the three strategic pillars was R&D, future product, current product. And that's what we, you've got R&D, future product. So the cloud gaming was R&D. Now it's the future product and you've got the current product and we're moving and then the future product becomes the current product. That's what's that's what's happening with cloud gaming. No, I, I think you're right. The old Chromecast Ultras may not be that hugely popular. They're great. I love it. I miss the audio one. They don't do it anymore, do they? I love that audio one. I guess because they sell the home minis and stuff. But when, when it comes on the browser, that's the key thing. Yeah, I think I think you're right. They mentioned that they saw the potential uh, of Stadia years and years ago. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been in development for a long time, and they've invested heavily in the in laying, as Jade Raymond said, in laying wires and stuff, and the cable making um, bespoke types of silicon specifically for encoding all that kind of stuff they've just hired some of the biggest names in the industry you know jade and shannon to develop games for the next three you know that are going to deliver in the next three to five years they're going to do things that we've not seen before it it you know we go through this phase now but trust me in the same way that people talk about netflix as oh do you see that thing on netflix like when I was, you see that thing on TV, see that thing on the BBC, not anymore. People say, see that thing on Netflix. Do you catch that thing on Netflix? It's going to be the same. Do you see that thing on Stadia? It's going to be just as common currency as Xbox. Um, I believe, you know, I believe it. I'm not crazy. I'm not, you know, okay, I'm verging on a evangelical about it. But I just, I love it. I think it's great. Exactly, you can see it as being an app. And it won't be, you know, it's not just going to be uh, Stadia. I can see, you know, Project xCloud, when they launched that, as being a an app, an app on the TV, just like Netflix is an app. Um, and, you know, you get a, you'll get your Windows 10 app to play Xbox, Project Xbox. That will be launched soon. They're going to be rolling that out soon. And in the same way, you just play in your browser think about it sometimes i think we're already we're already i was going to end the podcast we're already taking what stadia which is a good sign 
what Stadia does for granted. And when you stop and think about what you're actually doing, what's actually happening in the background, when you play in your browser, like before, oh, I want to watch a YouTube video or I'll go to a website and read the news, whatever. You, oh, just play this game in in almost real time, in perceptible real time. Okay. Is there a lag and latency? Yeah. Can you notice it? No, because I'm a human being. I'm not a robot. So I can't notice it. You're playing it on real time, either through your browser or through the Chromecast. And hours and hours and hours playing Destiny 2. And... We just take it for granted now. That's how amazing it is. The, Arthur C. Clarke, basically, what do he said about science? Uh, good science should almost appear like magic. It should uh, uh, have the appearance of magic. I'm paraphrasing something like that, but um, good science should feel like it's some sort of magic. And Stadia, to a certain degree, feels like that to me. Um, you know, I tried xCloud, I've said it before, and it was good, but nothing like Stadia. I tried GeForce Now, and it was okay, it was good, and sometimes it worked really well, sometimes it... But consistently, Stadia Tech is magic. It is magic. What it feels like. And the fact that it feels invisible, that's what, I guess what my point is, it feels invisible. You don't think about what's going on behind the curtain, as it were. It's like the Wizard of Oz. Just believe in the in the Oz. You don't believe what's going on behind the... I'm not sure that's a good analogy, actually. But the point is, it, it works seamlessly. And when it works, it's great. Does it work 100% of the time? No, I, sometimes I have a, a stutter in my network. Very, very rarely. But equally, um, over the weekend, my Xbox X crashed three times on my son when he was top five, trying to get points in Fortnite. And he was not a happy chappy. I can tell you that. Dad! The Xbox crashed again! And I had to reset it. Factory soft soft reset. So, all tech has its foil boys. Foil boils? All tech's slightly dodgy now and then. 60 frames sent every second reacting to your inputs. Yeah, it's bonkers. Bonkers Resurrector. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the stream. I appreciate everybody coming and listening to my rantings and warblings. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have everybody in here. Um, share the love. Let people know that I'm here. Um, I will try to bring enlightenment entertainment I'm like the BBC me inform educate entertain that's what we're trying to do here um, but anyway as I say thank you for watching uh, it's been a delight and I will see you same time same place next week cheerio